I'm Dan St. Clair, and you're listening to the Sound of the Looms podcast. Morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast, presented by Cub, a store with food. I'm Steve McPherson, and I'm joined, as ever, by Cal Williams. Cal, it is blisteringly cold out there, but I have good news. The days are about to start getting longer. Joy. Brilliant. Why, I mean, why, why are we here again? What's the? <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that the... It, here's the thing I didn't know. I know that the solstice... I mean, what do we know about the solstice? It's the shortest day of the year, right? Um... It, things don't proceed in a, a regular fashion after the solstice. There's there's a, a period where the sunset gets later, but the the sunrise is still getting later as well. But then it starts getting earlier, and the, you know the sort of I'm like planets. Who knew? The Who universe? Knew? It's a big place. Who knew? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm not sure if there's any flat Earth people listening out there, but uh, you know that sort of squashes your uh, your opinion. Flat, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Kyrie Irving, come on, sound balloons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, so the point is, it's going to get better, folks. Uh, soccer is coming back, yes. which is what we're here to talk about. The MLS regular season schedule is out. Uh, it's here. It's very exciting. Mm. It, it, it's always a moment of uh, you start to see the landscape a little bit, uh, which is which is fun. You start to think about um, where, like, tough tough spots, uh, favorable spots, um, you know, where to take advantage. You start to figure out where international breaks line up and things like that. Uh, it's kind of fun. So let's, uh, so we're going to break it down a little bit. Uh, some things we already know, uh, many of you already know. The season opener is away at Portland uh, on March 1st at 6.30 p.m. That will be a chilly one in Portland, I would, I would bet. Yes. I mean, we obviously we opened – the very first campaign in Portland in 2017, and it wasn't warm. Yeah, uh, it required a, a fairly thick jacket. Um, but the tremendous place to to open. And this is earlier, right? Because because they they moved the start up, right? So that yes. that was that was mid March. Correct. Yes. March so this is yeah. So this is a couple of weeks earlier. Um, I mean, <laughs> Portland is you know it's it's more wet than cold, but it's it will also be cold in March. So yeah, it will. And and like I said, it's it's a tremendous place to start. A terrific, terrific stadium. Great atmosphere. You've obviously been there. Yeah. And great city that have really embraced it and everything. You know. And did you um we you were there this past season, correct? Um. Um, Were you? No, because no. that was national television. Okay, I was trying to remember. because So you haven't seen the stadium with the addition or anything like that? No, so I haven't. No. I'm really interested in seeing that because I think it, from what I've seen of broadcasts, um, it, I, I love the feel of the stadium. I think they've man, they managed to keep the feel. Uh, you know, it still feels sort of like an old minor league ballpark, but the capacity going up by that much, I mean, it really does feel like it sort of stepped into a new level there. Yeah, the far side of... Um, I guess so. You know, you've got the Timbers Army on, on the one side. To the right of the Timbers Army is where you and I situate ourselves in the commentary booth in the yeah. press box. The stand opposite that, so to the, the left east of the Timbers side, Army, I believe, that, that is, um, that's where the new uh, expansion on the stadium has been put. Um, 
and I'm led to believe it was um, very much influenced by uh, La Bombonera um, down mm. in um, in South America in Argentina, um, and uh, home of of um, the famous Boca Juniors. Um, so it's almost like it's two or three little separate sections that holds, you know, I don't know, let's just guess a thousand each or whatever, you know, because yeah. I know the capacity's increased by about 4,000, I think. So. Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, the Timbers have had season ticket waiting lists of several thousand for, for many years now. Yeah. So it was the right thing to do. Um, and, and I thought that run that they had towards the end of the season obviously was because they played so many games at home and, and that atmosphere and, and that advantage that they have at home. Um, gave them something uh, to, to really push them over the line and, and obviously eventually they got off uh, over the playoff line. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, just um, one of American soccer's um, jewels, I would say, something that uh, I, I know personally when I talk to people on foreign shores, um, I certainly point them not only to Allianz Field and to places like CenturyLink Field and, and, and Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I also point them uh, towards um, what used to be called Providence Park. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's a fabulous arena uh, for me still because of the um, because of the the way the stadium is shaped, almost like a horseshoe, isn't it? Yeah. Um, because of the way it's it's shaped, and because of the the way the Timbers Army are, um, I, I still probably think it's the best atmosphere in Major League Soccer. That's pretty great. Um, the second game, I'm not going to go game by game, just so you know. <laughs> but, uh, but the second game is, is Saturday, March 7th against San Jose, uh, at San Jose. Uh, so two games on the road to start. Um, I think it's fair to say that previous to this past season, we would have thought of, I mean, opening on the road, you're like, ah, it's rough. But uh, do you feel like there's any sense of looking at the success the team had out of the gate on the road last season, maybe they can like continue that pattern of, of, of sort of feeling like we can go on the road and win. Um, I think the team has that mentality, but I, I, it might, I wonder if it's almost one of those things where like, yeah, let's go on the road, get loose, get something under our belts and then come home to open the season. So I think, I mean, I think there's a possibility that opening on the road like that is not so bad. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't disagree with you, Steve. There was certainly a psychological barrier overcome last year, wasn't there? Yeah. So um, what's going to be interesting now with, with this Minnesota United side is, is who, uh, the coaching staff and the technical staff bring in. Yeah. Um, because I, I know, again, they're looking for experience and people that have, have won things and won away because obviously that worked so well for us last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I when I saw the schedule, I thought to myself, okay, the Timbers away on opening day is difficult. Um, and I would, honestly, I would take a point there. E- even now... Yeah. Um, you know, we, we don't know how much the rosters can change because the rosters will change massively. Yeah, it's a little, it's, I mean, we're talking about the schedule. It's a little tough to preview matchups because there's still so much work to be done. Yes, uh, yes. The Timbers still have, I think, two DP slots. Because they've literally just the other day re-signed Diego Valeri, but he's yeah. now a TAM player, yeah. which is like, that's mind-blowing good to job, me, good, good, good by you. That's good, that, <laughs> good well, job there. Well, well done to Gavin Wilkinson <laughs> yeah. and, and those guys who have done that deal because he's, for me, I, allegedly he had a bad year last year and I think he got something like 16 assists. I mean, I mean <laughs> hey, i take it. So. You know. um, but look, I mean, I, I think... Um, I, I think the first two games on the road, I think I'm, I'm okay with. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, look, San Jose, we, we know how to win there. We did it very well last season. We always play San Jose early as well. I feel like all, yeah. even... Because what was it? It was 20, 2017 we finished the season there. Yes. 2018 we went there early. Yeah. 2019 we went there early. And now we're going there early again, which yeah. is fine because 
that sort of area at that time in March. Is, I'd much rather be in quite nice, yeah. <laughs> Northern California. Yeah. <laughs> so then, after those first two, those two, first two games on the road, home opener versus Red Bulls at Allianz Field. I'm excited to go back there. It's kind of fun. Like I, you know, I go back to the old the old home there on Sunday, March 15th at 6 p.m. That will be a chilly one. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> I'm going to say this about a lot of things here. Um, <laughs> the uh, Went to Red Bulls, won uh, against Red Bulls last season, which is exciting. Um, what do you think? I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about where Red Bulls are right now, um, since this is the first team that that you know fans are going to see at Allianz Field. Mm. I mean, BWP, obviously, um, not a factor last season. Um, you know, the, the look of the team is changing. Um what what do you think you see from we see from them this season? Well, firstly, I, I hear BWPs and negotiations with them to to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming that'll be for another year or something. I, I don't know the details, but um, the Red Bulls are undergoing a transitional phase, um, and and they they do you know what they have been for some time now, because it, gone are the days of you know signing big stars like uh, Thierry Henry and, and Tim Cahill, Rafa Marquez, mm-hmm. and. Um, you, you could put an array of people in that category, not not, not even designated players, people like Joel Limpere back in the day and whatnot, you know, and um, they, they always seem to have a big DP, uh, a big named DP. Um, you know, Kaku is is still a very good player, um, Paraguayan international and, and, and all, and but he's not a big name. Right. And they've sort of gone through this phase of... of bringing through the youth players. I saw their, their first signing of the season, uh, which they teased rather brilliantly um uh, was was an academy player from Red Bulls too you know mm-hmm. they they have really started to um to be one of the model clubs um over the last couple of years in terms of de- developing youth players alongside FC Dallas although i believe um last i checked that might have changed um since the last time i, I did the uh, homework on it i believe the red bulls have produced more homegrown players than any other team mm. in major league soccer yeah um and look obviously we Tyler Adams uh, and that um, um, process speaks for itself. Yeah, but I think the Red Bulls right now are, are in a situation where I think they probably need a little more experience. Mm-hmm. I must admit I'd heard whispers about Chris Armas losing his job at the end of last season. Um, so I don't know, Steve. I, I'm, I mean, as you said, it's very difficult to, to preview right now because the rosters are going to change so much. But yeah. I, I would be surprised if the Red Bulls make any major adjustments um, over the course of of the next um, next six weeks or so. But but in my opinion, they, they need to. They can't just rely on youth. As, as good as the youth plan is, yeah. I, I think they have to look elsewhere. And, and I'm sure they'll bring in a couple of faces, but um, I, I just think this, this the whole youth movement is, is fabulous. It's wonderful for U.S. soccer as well. It's brilliant for U.S. soccer. But there is a time, as Minnesota United fans know, when you need experience. And last season for the Loons proved how much MLS experience can help you. Yeah. Well, and it's just, you can't, the Eastern conference is a little bit um, less of a dogfight than the Western conference. Um, It was last season. We'll have to see how this shakes out this season. But as, as Adrian Heath alluded to at the end of last season, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. Mm. There's not, this league is not anymore one where you can just sort of run it back with the same team and expect to get, you know, results like New York, you know, 
had decent results last season. They were they, they did they did okay. Um, but you're looking at Atlanta United, uh, the Philadelphia Union looked sort of ascendant. Uh, you have Inter Miami coming in. You have NYCFC who who ended the season at the top of the table. You know, so there's there's a lot of threats out there. You can't just be like, oh, you know, we'll we'll sneak into that top half of the draw or something like that. Like it's they're gonna have to make some moves. So. They are, and I'll say as well before we move on. Um, I'm more than happy to be wrong about this as well because I'm all for young American kids coming in and playing, you know, mm-hmm. and the Red Bulls, as I said, have been a fine example of, of the youth movement in Major League Soccer. Yeah. Uh, so the home opener begins uh, a four-game homestand, uh, starting with the Red Bulls, then Montreal Impact, San Jose again. We get to see them right away. Uh, and the Galaxy, which is part, they're part of five games overall at home in March and April. Those will be chilly. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of home games. Get to the uh, the the black and blue store right now um, before the holidays. There's specials <laughs> going on. You could buy some down jackets and uh, several scarves, maybe one for each limb, because um, it's going to be cold. That's that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of home games that are going to be cold. Yeah, I when I first saw the schedule, I thought to myself, "Wow." Um, I'm I'm okay with it because it's it, obviously Allianz Field and our fans give us a tremendous advantage. Yeah. Um, but they're going to have to bundle up. All yeah. of us are going to have to really make sure we're warm because every time I remember doing games here in March and April, it's been very, very cold. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a reminder, the home opener was, what, April 13th last year? Yes. And so and that, w- w- that so, and there was snow that had to be cleared off. There's four games at home before that date this season. So, <laughs> um, so get ready. This is real Minnesota soccer. But, but look, see, this is the thing, though, Steve. I mean... So April 4th, we host the Earthquakes. April 11th, Minnesota hosts the Galaxy. I mean, do, do we view this in terms of weather? Do we view this as an advantage? Because those Southern Californian teams won't be used to this at all. <clears throat> I think, I, I think the, the, the weather advantage is, I think at some point it will, it, will, it will come to fruition. I don't think it's there yet because I think every team is such a mix of you know, it's not like uh, those teams obviously get to practice and play in, in, in warmer weather, but we have a ton of guys on Minnesota United who are not from cold weather. So it's not like they're going to, you know, this is Kevin Molino doesn't like to go out there in this cold. Like he's, uh, he's one of those guys who always got the knit hat on. He's keeping warm. You know, it's like, it's just not soccer rosters are such a blend of different cultures, which is mm-hmm. one of the great things about them that I think that the, I think over the years, maybe eventually it becomes a thing. If you begin to know, especially Allianz field, still figuring out exactly how it plays. Um, I think you saw the team get more and more comfortable there. Hopefully they start on the front foot this season with that. But um, you know, it's a little bit about learning how the, the, I think, I think the, the differences between stadiums are huge in MLS. I think that's one of the, the big factors in the advantage that home teams have. We've talked about this before where you go to England and, you know, it, it, the farthest away you're going is a couple hours, right? It's sort of climatologically, it's all, you know, Newcastle's up there, right? But, like, it's climatologically, it's re- reasonably narrow. You're talking about Houston in July at, in one part of the, the, se- the season. You're talking about going to Vancouver in another part of the season at the end where it's cold. So it's like, you know, there's these things, the, the, the climate affects a lot. And I think as teams become used to their climates, they will get better. You will see that advantage play out. So I don't expect the cold thing. I mean, we, this happened the first season. It was like, ah, we love to play in the cold. It's like, do we like that, that first snow game against Atlanta? It's like, oh, they're they're from Atlanta. They don't know how to play in the snow. It's like, we didn't really know how to play in the snow. either. That's true. That's true. (laughs) So this is the interesting thing about this as well. Now that we've had a season at Allianz Field, I wonder, 
because we only lost one regular season home game. I know we obviously lost to the Galaxy in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. um, I wonder if people have yet to figure out how to play against Minnesota at Allianz Field. I wonder, and I've seen this several times, whether it's in MLS or the Premier League or wherever, I wonder if people come into Allianz Field now almost um, borderline fearful, and I wonder if they'll they'll bunker yeah. and, and hit on the break and... and you know, trying to frustrate consistently. Um, maybe we see a lot of 1-0, 2-1 wins at Minnesota United next season at Adelaide yeah. Field. You know, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all because now we, we, we've had a, a season to play there. People may very well have figured out how to play there now after learning their lessons if they had a, had a loss or, you know, um, if, if they won. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, Steve, but um, yeah. I, that would not surprise me at all if the, there are some narrow wins at Allianz Field next season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the adjustments that other teams make. And um, we talked about that over the course of the season last year. Like teams, you know, you just treat it differently. You go into a, a stadium where you think you can take a team, you play differently. You come into a stadium where you're like, ah, I'm a little more hesitant about this. You're going to mm-hmm. see a different kind of game plan. So, um, zooming out a little bit, longest, this is nice to see, the longest road streak is three games. Uh, from Wednesday, June 17th to Saturday, June 27th against LAFC, Dallas, and D.C. United. Um, so now, again, it, you know, the team comes home in between all of those games. So it's not like they're traveling for that entire time. But I, it seems like we haven't that's, – that's a fairly short, longest road trip. It is, but it's a pain. <laughs> I mean, you're all over the place. I, I would be surprised if the team came home from L.A., to Dallas. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that's June 17th to June 20th. So they they would probably go straight to Dallas from LA. And, yeah, and, and, and at least that's, you know, that's not too much of a hassle to get back to Minnesota from Dallas then. But yeah, um, yeah, and then obviously... That uh, is a really short turnaround, you're right. Yeah, and then obviously over to, to DC then um, the, the on the Saturday after. So... I, I, that's the one area that I looked at, Steve, when we first saw the schedule and I kind of thought, ooh, like that could be a bit problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, you know, LAFC, we all know what they have been. Um, yeah. And it, I'd be surprised if they were anything different next season. Dallas, who knows? Um, but it's never ideal when you're, you know, literally the, the game at LAFC is on the Wednesday. You would imagine the team would fly on Thursday, mm-hmm. train Friday, game Saturday. Yeah. That, that's not ideal. That's never ideal. So No, yeah, it, it could be rough. LAFC, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Minnesota United beat LAFC in, in Los Angeles last year, one of uh, the first team to do so mm. um, last season. So uh, that's great, but you can't rely on that result. So it could be tough to come off of a, if it's a tough loss, going into another game right off the back of that can be difficult. So yeah, I'm also as well interested to see how DC United look next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, who knows, right? No Rooney. Yeah. Um, several rumors about Acosta heading elsewhere again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they could be a completely different team. So yeah. um, that that period for me there, Steve, that that was the one that stood out to me straight away. And I kind of thought, hmm, like that could be a little tricky. Yeah. Um, although immediately following that, um, this, the stretch run is pretty friendly, I think, actually. Um, eight of 12 at home, of the last 12 at home. Uh, and the matchups are... I mean, like, you know, there's no favorable matchups, right? But if you think about the teams you want to face at home versus the teams you want to face on the road, the home games are LAFC, Kansas City, Atlanta, Seattle, Chicago, New England, and Houston. Those are all home games. Uh, And then the the road matchups are RSL, Nashville, Colorado, Vancouver, and Cincinnati. So I like that because I feel like you're facing some really tough teams, LAFC, Atlanta, Seattle, 
Um, New England could be sneaky. I mean, they just added a new DP. Um, Heel is a terrific player. Yes. Uh, Bo showed some stuff last year. So, and, you know, Bruce Arena with a full season, you know, this is his first full season, right? So, so that they could be tough. Um, you want to face those teams at home in, in that stretch run. Uh, and I like, I mean, RSL can be tough because of the, 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 uh, altitude, altitude and things yeah. like that. Yep. But, you know, go, you know, face an expansion team in Nashville. Colorado obviously looked good last year down the stretch, um, but I'll need to see more before I fully believe that they're a contender. Vancouver had a horrible season last year. Um, I, I hope that they can turn it around, but I'm not optimistic about it happening immediately. Um, Cincinnati also sort of in a reset mode right now. So I, I, I feel better about going on the road to face those teams. Yeah, again, it's, you know, the final sort of six games if we judge teams on what they did in 2019, are quite favourable for Minnesota United. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we said, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot that changes. I, I, just before I go into the six games, I I love the August 9th game um, against yeah. Atlanta. The fact it's on ABC. Yep. I love that. You know, the thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah. I, I, I'd heard a couple of weeks ago that that the league had had done something with the ESPN deal where there were I think there's a handful of games on ABC this coming season, which is is awesome that Minnesota is one of them. And it's at Allianz Field as well. So that, that shows what people at the league think of Allianz Field. And that's mm-hmm. a to the supporters for sure. Um, but the six games coming uh, towards the end of the season, look, I mean, as you say, Chicago right now, I mean, who on earth knows? that They, they did appoint the, right. the uh, GM from FC Basel. So I would assume a foreign coach is on the way in. I have heard absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, the Rapids, we'll wait to see. Um, Vancouver just signed Cavallini who um, did well down in Liga MX, um, tore mm-hmm. the U.S. apart at BMO Fields um, during that embarrassing evening for, for U.S. soccer. Um, and, and I think could be the centre forward that the Whitecaps have needed for a while because last season they, they mainly played with a big man up front um, and it didn't really work. I think with uh, an individual like Cavallini, who, who's not exactly small in stature, but he presses very, very well. Mm-hmm. And so I think if the Whitecaps remain in this 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 as they sometimes did, it will open gaps for them. So Cavallini, I thought, was a very, very good signing. Um, somebody who, who I think Marco Santos knows very well. Um, I, I thought that was a really good signing. It cost him $6 million, so we better work out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought that was uh, that was a sign that the Whitecaps are ready to spend some money. Some of that Alfonso Davies money finally being spent. Yeah. Uh, and the season concludes at home against Houston and presumably... Our friends, friends of the pod, Darwin Quintero and, and Christian Ramirez, uh, on Sunday, October fourth. Also, uh, loons are traveling to Houston on April fifteenth, earlier in the season. So, no, uh, not not um, angry about that, by the way, at all. Yeah, that's April is Houston a good time to April. be in Houston. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the only ones I have a little concern about in terms of weather and me sweating profusely on camera. Sure, is June twentieth away at Dallas. Okay, August first away at Nashville. Now I've never been to Nashville, so but I hear it's it's quite sticky in the in the summer. Yeah, it can be. Mm. Yeah, I, I think climatologically, this is like the third time I said climatologically <laughs> on this podcast. Um, I, I think I think it's pretty good for travel. Yeah, I mean you get Miami in May, you get L.A. in May and June. It's good. I, I I think you'll be okay. Vancouver in September could be a little bit chilly. Could go the other direction, and Cincinnati in late September. Well, also what I will say as well, I, I'm I've been purely um, selfish here. I have uh, three new trips to go to 
and three new cities and three new stadiums yeah, to take yeah. off in Miami, Nashville, and obviously we didn't go to Cincinnati last year as well. So yeah. your uh, your yearly trip may very well come at one of those uh, stadiums. I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't know. I um, you know, I usually as we're sort of parsing it out with 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 the digital team to figure out who's going where and things like that, I try to find like storylines that you know the compelling reasons to. To go along, um, you know, if there's a good article to be written about, you know, what's going on with the team at the time. Um, last season, I went to Kansas City and I went to Seattle, largely with an eye. I mean, this stuff has to be determined before the season, so you don't really know where you're going to be. Largely with an eye towards Icopara returning to Kansas City, Ozzy returning to Seattle. As it turned out, those, you know, the team was doing well enough in those two moments that, like, we weren't sort of, like, scrabbling for content to sort of bring in, like, other storylines. I mean, the story in Seattle was we need to tie or win, right? So there was a lot of other stuff that was going on. But I'm very interested in Nashville. I mean, I just think that the, I think it's fun to uh, – you know, when there's an expansion team, uh, to it's an, it's one that I'm eyeing as a, something I'd like to try to be able to do if the schedule works out because I think it's it's good to see a new arena and bring that to fans to try to like you know bring a little bit of that that home and like you know let fans here know like what what the what that scene is like in Nashville. Um, but I don't know. I haven't really uh, I haven't thought as far ahead as that basically um, as far as what I think I want to target for travel. So no, but. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the uh, the 2020 season. Um, it's it's going to be um, obviously it's a landmark year for Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, 25th year of the league, which uh, I think if you ask some of the old timers that have been a part of the league for a long time, if you'd have said to them. We've got to 25 years, and the, the early years, they'd have said absolutely no chance. So it's, um, it's amazing. I think some of them here, like when he, I remember talking to, to Manny Lagos and him talking about changing in a trailer, uh, you know, like they didn't even have a locker room for, you know, when he was playing in MLS. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's it's exciting. And uh, uh, let me see if there's any other notes to bring up. Uh, there's a, We're going to have an international friendly versus FC Augsburg, mm. um, which people were talking about on the office, and I thought we were going to play Augsburg, the college, which oh. uh, <laughs> is here. So that's on a Wednesday, May 27th. <laughs> uh, what can you wait, do? You have any uh, uh, insight into FC Augsburg right now? I mean, it's a ways away. I don't expect you to have done a deep dive or anything. Um, yeah, not not at the moment. Um, I've commentated on an Augsburg game before um, in the uh, the DF, um, DFL Pockel, which is the uh, the German version of the Open Cup, basically. Okay. Um, and uh, I can't remember who that. I think it would, might have been um, they were going up against Wolfsburg or someone like that. I can't remember, but it, it, this was several years ago. Um, uh, you know, good club to my knowledge I, I don't know a, a lot about them um and and i would assume the roster has changed significantly since i did that sure. game three or four years ago so um uh, but look i mean it's never a bad thing to to have um minnesota united associated with with these international um teams and um you know obviously we did it last year in terms of bringing um the bundesliga to uh, minnesota and then the premier league to minnesota and then league mx to minnesota so it wouldn't surprise me again if, if um, these things continue to happen. And obviously, you know, with uh, it's interesting because we're talking about the schedule, Steve. We haven't yet obviously got the Open Cup schedule mm-hmm. and we haven't yet seen the right. League's Cup yeah. as well, um, which Minnesota United qualified for. So, um, and, and you would assume we'd, we'd play, a, well, we, we would play a Mexican team from the League's Cup as well. So mm-hmm. that's another game to add to the schedule. So sure. um, uh, we shall see. Um, I know this wasn't on the um, on the agenda, but... You know, these upcoming CBA talks are going to be very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the big thing for me again, Steve, has got to be the salary cap has, has got to continue to, to rise significantly because, yeah. you know, that this is the one thing that I think really holds MLS back is that the rosters, um, I, I don't think they're, they're big enough and, and that there is a significant drop from, you know, um, your your 
star central midfielder to the, the guy who is uh, number 28 on the roster. Th- yeah. th- there is a significant difference. There is it, it, across the entirety of the league. If you can pay better players more money to come here, all of a sudden uh, the rosters become thicker, the depth becomes better, um, meaning you can you can play in different competitions and it's not too much of an issue. So yeah. um, I, I know people want other things from this negotiation, but for me, again, the salary cap has to has to get bigger um, and it needs a significant rise. Um, I suspect the one after this one we're talking about when the new TV deals are done in 2023 will be the big one. Mm-hmm. But now for the next couple of years, that there's a few things that need to be need to be sorted out for sure. Yeah, we've talked about it before and, and talking about it especially. I think this came up when we were discussing um, the All-Star game, which is going to be Liga MX All-Stars versus MLS All-Stars. Um, that... Again, it's sort of like the top end of those uh, of the leagues are not that f- separated by that much. It's that depth. It's just the fact of you have much better depth all the way down rosters in Liga MX. And so, again, it's, uh, we've said it before. If you're going to have international competitions, you need to be able to rotate squads. That means you're going to have guys coming in who aren't playing as much, and those guys need to be better um, mm-hmm. just in general in MLS. So, um, yeah, a lot of uh, – one more note on the schedule, uh, which I wanted to highlight because I think it's, it actually it favors us pretty well uh, – Minnesota United is not playing NYCFC, Toronto, or Philadelphia this season, which is sad for me because I love Jamiro Montero. But uh, that means we are not playing uh, the number one seed from the the Eastern Conference, the uh, eventual Eastern Conference uh, final competitor in Toronto, uh, or the only team that beat Minnesota United at home last year. So... I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> all those no things problem. are okay. So no problem with that at all. You know, it's uh, yeah. When I saw that, I was a bit disappointed because it means we didn't get to go to New York City, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, you know, that's okay. But yeah. um, that's probably, I also love Toronto. Actually, it's a great. Yeah, place, I wasn't so. going to say. Yeah, Toronto is actually uh, a really awesome place. But obviously, I think they would have come uh, to Minnesota this year because we went there last year. But um, yeah, they had to fly north to come here. That, which is so so bizarre. But <laughs> I just like to needle them about it because it's you know it's, <laughs> they're so invested in the north thing, and I'm like, we're actually we're actually more north. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. But no, it's it's um, yeah. Obviously, from a, a team point of view, it's it's great. We we've dodged a, a bullet there for sure. And uh, hey, look, hopefully Minnesota United can take advantage of that for sure. Yeah, uh, we're going on break. Uh, the office is going to be closed for the next couple of weeks, so we'll be off of Sound of the Loons, and we'll come back in the new year. Uh, any any plans? Uh, for break for you, I'm going to go see Rise of Skywalker. It's coming out. Oh, right. Okay. And so uh, I'm going to go with the, the, my daughter and my, and my dad. It's sort of a tradition now. I'll be down in Florida for that. Um, I'm, I, I've heard reviews already, and I'm not – I'm prepared for the worst. Oh, so. really? Yeah, I've heard it's, you know, like I, I think without going too deep into the, you know, the Star Wars thing, they had um, – you know they have they've had different directors, uh, you know, for the for the, the the sequel trilogy now. So the Force Awakens, I think, was J.J. Abrams. Can't remember. I think I, he might he was in charge of it. I can't remember if he was the director. But the big thing is that the Last Jedi was directed by Rian Johnson, uh, who really took it to the mythology of Star Wars. Like if you've seen the Last Jedi, and I, I didn't really watch it with this lens the first time around, but I need to watch it again. But um, you know. Rian really seemed invested in picking apart some of the sort of the sacred cows of like the Jedi's and, and all of the stuff and sort of not really obeying canon or anything like that and sort of made kind of a glorious mess. And if you like that sort of iconoclastic stuff, that movie can be good, but it sort of left the, the franchise in a position where this third movie has to bring it back and bring it all together. And I think that that got kind of messy is sort mm-hmm. of the overall uh, thing that I have heard. So I'm not optimistic, but I am a star Wars fan. So I'm, I'm going to go. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I, I think um, so. I'm going to be down in, in Kansas City with uh, my wife and all of her family. Um, and yeah, I, I think we may very well plan on doing the same. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be nice to have. I think we've got a, a, a solid almost two weeks off, haven't we? So yeah. it's going to be really quite nice. And I think it's a good time, actually, Steve, because by the time January rolls around, New Year celebrations have been had and everything, I, I, I think um, there'll be a lot of people. Um, in this office that will be chomping at the bit to get going. Yeah, um, and it starts right away. I mean, yes, it we're, does. we're jumping right into it. I mean, I think I, I think uh, the team comes back in mid-January mm-hmm. um, for training camp, so stuff stuff starts flying immediately. So we'll have we'll have a couple. Uh, we're, I've set up um, a best of 2019 on the website. So over that time, when people are away, we're just going to be sort of looking back at some some fun articles or um, podcast episodes. We're going to repost the uh, the one with Hassani and Chase, which I thought ah. was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, so, you know, we'll have some stuff up for people to look at. Um, so, so don't worry about that. Yeah. There's plenty of content coming your way, which will be fabulous. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it's good, Steve, that we, you know, everybody gets a little break. Now I would encourage all Minnesota United fans to take a breather as well and just yeah. relax. <laughs> yeah. You know, keep your eye on the website for content and, and keep your eye on, on the league website because there's still going to be stuff going on. There's moves that are going to be happening around the league, you know, but, um, Take a breather. You know, yeah. I'm looking forward to taking a couple of days away and, and, and just not... It's going to be difficult not to think about soccer, but I'm going to try. I'm going yeah. to try and give it a go. Um, <laughs> Do your best. And, uh, and just relax, yeah, because uh, 2020 is going to be a behemoth of a season for Major League Soccer and for Minnesota United. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for joining us for the 87th Sound of the Loons podcast presented by Cub. I'm going to Cub. You need anything? Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five-star rating. And follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC and Cal at CalWilliams.com and me at Steve Ventress. Apologies, as always, to Richard Wagner. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are. <laughs>